0: On this episode of Bright Future, I discuss how a federal judge is attempting to further wreck the American healthcare system by preventing Obamacare from covering preventative care. This is a weekly political podcast that follows current events and how we may do better so that there may be a brighter future. I'm your host, Samuel Adams, but please call me Sam, and without further ado, let's begin this week's episode, which I have titled, Stress Position.
1: What's your second question? And the second one is,
2: uh, there was a ruling about uh, preventative services
0: in the Affordable Care Act, and the, the and what is the message to insurers and providers uh, with that ruling having been made, and and obviously appeals coming, but but right now, what's the message
2: to providers and to insurance companies about the the court blocking that? The Texas ACA. Uh, the Texas,
1: yeah. So, look, the president is glad to see that DOJ is appealing this decision, uh, which blocks a key provision of the Affordable Care Act uh, that has ensured free access to preventive health care for 150 million Americans. Uh, this case is, case is an yet another attack on the Affordable uh, Care Act, which has been around, as you know, for 13 years and uh, and uh, survived has survived three challenges uh, before the Supreme Court. Uh, the administration is going to continue to improve uh, to fight to improve health care, as we have seen him do the last two years and make it more affordable for hardworking, working uh, working families. That is something that the president has been committed to. And uh, and so we're going to continue to do that, especially as it faces attacks uh, by special interests.
0: On March 30th, 2023, U.S. District Judge Reed O'Connor from Texas ruled that the part of Obamacare that requires health insurances to fully cover preventative care was unconstitutional. The ruling took effect immediately and applies nationwide. In other words, your insurance may no longer be required to cover your preventative health care. What does preventative health care include? Well, for starters, it covers screenings for cancer, diabetes, blood pressure, and cholesterol. In other words, if you are beginning to think that you have symptoms of some of these, like a worrying mole or energy swings you should probably make an appointment with your hospital to get that checked out. Your insurance company will fully cover it. So that way, if it does turn out to be something much worse, you are not discouraged from going to the hospital due to the financial barrier. Oh, sorry, you weren't previously discouraged from seeking medical help due to any kind of financial barrier. Now, well, if you don't have the cash to spare, I hope that isn't the deadly kind of mole. What does preventative healthcare include? Well, for starters, have you ever heard of PrEP? Pre-exposure prophylaxis is a -a once-a-day pill that can prevent you from contracting HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. I've included the link to the CDC's page on PrEP in the description, but basically, HIV and AIDS are pretty terrible, and it affects largely lower-income people. The virus spreads through bodily fluids and attacks your immune system, leaving you vulnerable to many other viruses. So to to avoid contracting it if you plan on being in close contact with someone who has HIV, you can take PrEP, which used to be fully covered by your insurance by law. Thanks to Reed O'Connor's decision, it is not anymore. How about MRIs, x-rays, or other scans? These types of scans can catch a variety of issues before they actually become a major issue, like appendicitis, organ failure, cancer, and even diverticuli. If you don't know that last one, as you get older, your intestines will slowly get wrinklier. This can also be affected by how much fiber is in your diet. Diverticuli is an early stage of some of these wrinkles, which will start to impede your bowel movements. If left untreated... Diverticuli can develop into a much more dangerous diverticulosis, where your intestines have gotten so wrinkly that it's preventing your plumbing from functioning, which can also lead to all kinds of nasty infections. The only way to remove all of that trap is through surgery, but it can also be prevented if it's caught at the earlier stage of diverticuli and you make some changes to your diet. Preventative care can also include counseling on topics like quitting smoking, losing weight, eating healthily, and even treating depression. Considering that the most common forms of of preventable deaths in the United States is due to tobacco consumption or obesity, and how the average weight of an American has increased by 40 pounds in the past 50 years, I feel like free counseling on these topics would be pretty important for national health. But now you're paying for dieticians out of pocket. Do you think about physical therapy very often? It turns out that another common form of preventable death in the United States is actually due to a lack of exercise or even poor posture. If you are in the unfortunate position of needing physical therapy, it can help you get started on properly exercising again and avoid that preventable death. But instead of your insurance covering this, It is now coming out of your pocket. And now for one of the biggest ones. Vaccines. Vaccines are a form of preventative care. A simple shot, and you'll never have to worry about catching influenza, polio, hepatitis, measles, and more ever again. And consider the existence of herd immunity. Small tangent here, but it's relevant, I promise. When the Spanish conquistadors first reached Latin America... They also brought all of their European illnesses with them, and as a result, the Aztec Empire was nearly destroyed. Not by war, but by a single smallpox outbreak. Smallpox is a truly terrible disease. On average, it had a 30% mortality rate. Those who survived usually had severe scarring. But, in 1796, Dr. Edward Jenner noticed that milkmaids who got the much milder cowpox were protected from smallpox. And so, using material from a cowpox sore, Dr. Jenner inoculated it into a young boy, and months later, Dr. Jenner exposed the boy several times to smallpox, but he never contracted it. Vaccination became widely accepted, and thanks to its success, smallpox was eradicated. There have been no cases of naturally occurring smallpox since 1977. Smallpox is dead, vaccines killed it, and we're coming for influenza next. Our herd immunity, and being vaccinated against viruses such as these, is a great asset to our national security. It means that if a couple of Spanish conquistadors want to roll up and try and transmit some disease to us, it won't work because we've already been inoculated against it. Oh, wait. Vaccines are no longer covered by insurance, well, goodbye herd immunity, hello, a lot of sick and dying people that could have been prevented. And so, I find myself asking the same question over and over in my head, resonating from one end to the other. Why? 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 What possible reasoning could you give to taking away all of these beneficial things? This was the result of a lawsuit that a small management company called Braidwood Management brought against Xavier Becerra, the Secretary of Health. I could not find very much about Braidwood Management. I found a LinkedIn page which stated that it was founded in 1995 and has around 50 employees, but I also found a Bloomberg page which stated that they were founded in 2005 with no mention of its size. I found no website or what it was really for. But, apparently, Braidwood Management, the small management company, did not want to pay for one of its employees' PrEP prescription, the HIV preventative I talked about earlier, on religious grounds. Braidwood Management actually has three positions backing up their claim. Their first position states that Xavier Becerra, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, is in his position as the Secretary of Health unconstitutionally. According to the Constitution, officers of the United States need to be appointed by the President and then confirmed by the Senate, and Braidwood Management claims that Xavier was not nominated by the President and approved by the Senate. This is verifiably false. A quick Google search shows that Secretary Becerra was, in fact, nominated by the President and then approved by the Senate on March eighteenth, twenty 2021. He took office three days later. And so, Judge O'Connor denied this position. The second position Braidwood Management made claims that preventative services provision breaks the non-delegation doctrine. The Constitution vests legislative power to Congress, so there is a limit to how much authority Congress can delegate, give, to other government agencies like, in this case, the Department of Health and Human Services. Instead, when it comes to larger decisions, it's up to Congress to make and pass laws that cover them. This would be a reasonable argument if the Department of Health and Human Services decided that Obamacare would also apply to preventative care, like the examples I had listed earlier, without Congress's approval, except that preventative care was included in the actual law that Congress passed and not decided to be added to it by Secretary Becerra. Congress made this legislative decision, not the Department of Health, and so Judge O'Connor also denied this position. Braidwood Management's third position states that the preventative services provision violates the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Quote, the requirement to cover PrEP imposes a substantial burden on the religious freedom of those who oppose homosexual behavior on religious grounds. End quote again. PrEP drugs facilitate and encourage homosexual behavior, prostitution, sexual promiscuity, and intravenous drug use. Oh, so you don't want to take the PrEP bill on religious grounds? Okay, then uh, don't take PrEP. Boom. Problem solved. Well, actually, Braidwood Management doesn't want to provide health insurance that covers PrEP to its employees, which has been required by law for 13 years, because Braidwood Management believes that the existence of PrEP encourages homosexuality. Of course, Braidwood Management doesn't bother to include statistics or facts to back this up, so I went looking for it for them. It is true that HIV disproportionately affects the gay community, specifically gay men. Gay men make up about 2% of the United States population, but account for nearly 66% of HIV cases. More specifically, gay men of color account for most of these cases. 65% of African American and 68% of Latino American gay men have HIV. Claiming that you don't want to provide preventative care because you are against one form of preventative care, PrEP, based on religious reasons, is homophobic, racist, and sexist, which is technically legal under the First Amendment even if it is wildly unethical. Which is why Judge Reed O'Connor ruled that, based on this final position, preventative health care was unconstitutional. But he missed something. Not providing preventative care based on religious reasons is religious overreach. If the owner of a private company is allowed to pick and choose an insurance company that they will provide based on their own personal religious principles, they can, to a degree, force their employees to also follow their religion and adopt to their religious beliefs. The owner of a company can force their employees to follow their religion. That violates religious freedom. This ruling is a clear violation of religious freedom and is a clear violation to the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America. This episode's title is Stress Position. A stress position is a form of torture, where a victim is forced to hold an uncomfortable pose for a long period of time, hours, days, or even weeks. This can cause muscle fatigue, pain, dislocated joints, and eventually even death. Since I was a young teenager, I experienced a variety of back soreness and back pain that, very slowly, got worse over time. But because of a variety of memes on the internet that joked about how most of us experience back pain, I simply wrote this off as being normal. Or I did, until October of last year when I suffered a major medical incident. This resulted in me hitting my insurance deductibles instantly, and with just a few months before they reset, So I decided to take this opportunity to try and correct all of my other medical issues, including this recurring back pain. And so, covered as part of preventative care, I received an MRI. When I next spoke with my doctor about the results, he joked, How long have you been playing for the NFL? The slow buildup of my back pain for nearly eight years was, in fact, the result of degenerative disc disease. My doctor described it like this. Between each of your vertebra is a disc that's shaped a bit like a deli donut. A deli donut? A jelly donut. It's harder on the outside with a softer center. However, your your spine has been slowly bending in an awkward position, in an awkward way. It's curved too far forward. And as a result... The softer jelly center is slowly being forced towards the outside. If left untreated, DDD, degenerative disc disease, can result in permanent debilitating pain that prevents you from being able to function normally on a daily basis. You wouldn't be able to get out of bed, walk around, or even sit up straight. Needless to say, it's a good idea to prevent such an outcome by using preventative treatments. In my case, I began a regimen of physical therapy, a series of stretches performed daily. This allowed me to gently correct my spine, and as a result, I no longer experience back pain. The preventative treatment of my meetings with the physical therapist and the initial MRI scan was 100% covered by my insurance, even after my deductibles reset in January. But my preventative treatment isn't finished yet. In a few months, I'll need to go in for another MRI to ensure that this treatment worked. Except that, because of this court ruling, my second MRI scan will no longer be covered. Thankfully, because the pain is all gone, the treatment is probably working, so a double-check probably won't be necessary but I'd rather be safe than in permanent debilitating pain. Mostly, though, I'm upset that my story of no longer experiencing this pain after eight years cannot be replicated. If you also experience back pain and seek preventative care like MRIs or consulting with a physical therapist, well, you'll run into a financial barrier that doesn't need to be there and wasn't there just two weeks ago. So if you can't afford the care, well, you may be placing yourself in a stress position, with no way to get out of it. And with Judge Reed O'Connor's decision, millions of Americans are also unable to get out of these stress positions. In conclusion, I urge the Supreme Court to overturn this unconstitutional decision, and restore the people's right to preventative health care. I urge Braidwood Management to stop forcing their religious beliefs on their employees, and also stop being homophobic. Lastly, I urge you to raise your voice about this. This is a First Amendment issue which also protects your right to peaceful protest. I recommend exercising it to bring
1: us a brighter future. What do you think? Are you even still here? I'm still here. <laughs>
0: um, This was definitely one of my more emotional episodes. I'm glad that I was able to add like a personal touch to it. And there is going to be more like of this kind of personal touch to my episodes in the future, I hope.
1: Then I may partly
2: hijack a little bit of this.
1: Oh, you got something to add to it?
2: Oh, boy, does this perk the piss out of me. Preventative care is extremely important so that we can prevent horrible life physicians. And oh, yeah. preventative care should, at base, be at least bare minimum, for at least part of the bare minimum insurance has to provide.
0: Well, yeah, and it used to be, for the last 13 years, 100% covered by your insurance company that was provided by your company that you work for because of this provision in Obamacare.
2: Well, thankfully, due to the insurance I have, I probably still could get as much preventative as I need. Well, true, it's going to take a
0: little bit for insurance companies to say, hey... We can get away with less coverage. And once yeah, they I do. I don't think
2: the company that um, insures me would let their insurance company get away with that. Yeah, they probably change. I don't want to let is, that happen. I'm either. insured by a car manufacturing company who would not agree with it.
0: I hope my company wouldn't agree with it either. And I'm glad that I've got two insurances, but. This is I not a good ruling. I'm
2: get a second one, but I'm not going to use the money on a second one. No, yeah. it is a horrible ruling. No kidding. And honestly, there should be more free coverage in this field for preventive provided oh, by the government.
0: Okay, so. So far, in the past six months, I had that major medical incident that I talked about and, like, a constant round of follow-ups. Care to guess how much mm. that would have cost me out of pocket without
1: insurance? Oh, at least over hundred k. A hundred $180,000. Yeah.
0: With insurance, I'm only being charged about 10000 Which is still three times my yearly wage, (laughs) but it's not 300
1: times my yearly wage. (laughs) Well, not that much, but yeah, that's not good. And this, I told you about the ruling, like. This can allow employers
0: to force their employees to a degree to follow their religious beliefs or adapt to their religious beliefs.
2: um, If the company I worked for tried doing something like that, um,
1: (laughs) I'd walk walk out. (laughs) Yeah. Because no kidding.
2: I know the company that I actually work for, not the one that I'm insured by. I'm insured by insurance from one of my parents. Yeah. Um, but, like,
1: this is because
0: one small company yeah. that I can find nothing about online didn't want to pay for one employee's PrEP prescription. One form of preventative health care one tiny company that I can't find anything about decided to do this, and it affects everyone nationwide. That is ridiculous. That one small company has that much power.
1: Uh, What's funny
2: is it might just be, like, A scarecrow company. It it could be a shell company, because
0: I couldn't find anything about it except the LinkedIn page and the Bloomberg page. And the dates that they were founded on each of those two pages are completely different.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: And in addition, the judge that made this ruling has tried to strike down Obamacare before. Previously, he made a ruling that struck down the entire thing, which was, of course, overturned in the Supreme Court. And now he's
1: struck down the smaller section. So, like... I want to bring up a secondary
2: topic. I know you know way less about this. But you probably know at least or have heard of HRT, right?
0: Um I've heard the acronym. What's it stand for?
1: Hormone reassignment therapy. Oh yeah. What about it? Um some of the overall
2: difficulties A with getting it, B the cost of it, and C the amount of people who have to Essentially, secretly be able to even get it and pay fully out of pocket. Now, it's cheaper than some things you could have to pay out of pocket for, but the amount of conspiracies around it are unending. You do understand what it's for, right?
0: Yeah, it's for transitioning between genders. But the thing is, the thing that's actually going, I think, I haven't fully researched all of this yet, so I haven't fully formed my opinion on all of it, (laughs) is there's this thing called the Nightingale Pledge. It's the lesser-known version of the Hippocratic Oath, you know, the thing that all doctors need to, I said it wrong, didn't I? Did I say hypocritic? Like, hypocritical oath? No, Hippocratic he Oath. You said Critic. Hippocratic Oath, yeah. The thing that doctors all pledge by, the do no harm thing, right? Yes. There's another version of that Oath. It's for nurses and people who basically prescribe and hand out prescriptions. It's called the Nightingale Armistice. Pledge. And the Nightingale Pledge states very specifically to not give out any kind of prescriptions unless it's necessary. And so, because this HRT medication is so new, it's very uncertain as to what cases it might actually be necessary for and when it shouldn't be used. Especially, like, you shouldn't definitely give it to kids. Oh, yeah. Don't give this to kids. So, that pledge is making, like, the moral and ethical arguments surrounding things like transition surgeries and... Uh, this kind of hormone blocker medication very difficult to navigate, and so I still don't know like my full opinion on all of this yet. I'm still well, thinking here's about the
2: counter it. argument: they can apply this to just about any medication that they desire.
0: Well, true because they pharmacists should.
2: hold the same power as a cashier at your general grocery store, or your liquor store employee of refusal service that's the standpoint of it
0: yeah because they've pledged the nightingale of yeah
2: if the medicine could do harm
1: they shouldn't prescribe it yeah
2: now what if they only think that it does harm because that's what they believe in
0: or because that's what they've been taught yeah
2: because one there is... of medicine that can be used for HRT is
1: a form of birth control. Again, I haven't fully researched any of this, so I don't know.
2: Well, from someone who does have research and has friends <laughs> who have gone through some of this stuff? I am fairly versed in it. But there are multiple reasons why a pharmacist would decide, oh, I'm not going to give you birth control because I don't believe you need it. And it's for some of the same religious
1: reasons. Well, the Nightingale pledge doesn't say anything about religion. It just says
0: don't give a prescription unless it's needed.
1: Yes.
2: But people see the point of from their perspective behind their religion they see it as non-necessary when
1: it's being used as a preventative a preventative to what?
2: well birth control is a preventative for
1: yeah, pregnancy. having
2: unwanted children so, why would you want to restrict something like that? Somebody's actually trying to be smart and do the right thing.
0: I don't know, because they I have know
2: they're not capable of handling, taking care of a child, or they're financially unstable
1: and they can buy the fairly cheap medication via insurance or whatever to prevent that. The unfortunate thing is
2: there's just so many problems with the healthcare system as it is.
0: And it probably could be that. better because like it is better in other countries, right? I hope.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, how did their
0: how did their country get better health care than ours, and can we replicate what they did? Um, Yes, we could, but we can't. So we can't replicate what they did, or we can, yes or no? We
2: can, but we can't without making sacrifices to other things. Uh... People don't want to make those sacrifices because it's part of what enables those countries to have their
0: healthcare yeah that's i guess that makes sense still i should probably research more about that because i am going to do another episode in the future more detailed about the exact medical incident Mm -hmm. that i faced uh it'll be called torsion tank and i'm constantly editing it because the story's not done yet i haven't been
1: fully cleared of you're geared yet that won't happen for another couple of months But when it does, we're going to do an episode about that.
2: First off, I want to say with my understanding of biology, calling something like this a disease is not the correct name for it.
1: Something like what?
2: Let's put it this way. Back in the early days of medicine and pharmaceuticals and doctors, they threw disease on anything they do not know. Nowadays, no, like, it's a bit more understood that disease it, viruses Well, yes, but bacteria.
1: The
0: primary thing that I was talking about in this episode was PrEP. It's a once in a yeah. pill that prevents you from contracting HIV if you have close contact with someone who has it. Yeah. And that's all I was talking about. So I don't know what else you're talking about now. Because according to, like, what Braidwood management's story or position is, they think HIV is, like, a religious punishment for being gay, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty difficult to tell from the actual court paper because, you know, it's it's all legalese. (laughs) But based off of, like, what I could find, and I did include the resources in the description of this episode... I found a place that effectively described all of why Braidwood Management was each of their
1: provisions, each of their positions about it. I also included the link uh,
0: directly to uh, the court document themselves, or itself.
2: I guess my point was that The healthcare systems in the United States seem to be taking two steps backwards, and we have made not a single step forwards since Obama was in office.
0: That was a while ago, too. I think I was in middle school when that happened. Was I in middle Uh, school when Obama was in
2: office? I think I was. No, you were in elementary school. I'm,
0: oh gosh, yes, I might have been in elementary
2: school. Because my elementary school was visited by him. Oh, cool. And I don't think you graduated before me.
0: No, probably not. I don't know, the primary thing I remember from elementary school is hiding beneath a desk at one time because uh, there was a shooting at another school in the district when I was growing up.
1: <laughs> it's bad
0: that that's the primary thing I remember from elementary school, isn't it? That, that is elementary, not good.
2: Throughout elementary and middle school, we regularly had lockdowns. Well, we had like drills and stuff. parents yeah. would break into the school. Yeah. No, you'd have actual people's parents breaking into the school, trying to pull their kid out by force when the school would not let them take their child.
1: I'm gonna need to learn more about this
0: later. I'm definitely gonna have to look that up. What the heck? I mean, I know by um, law your child has to be in school. Like, it has to Go to school, either oh, homeschooling yeah. or some form of education.
2: Oh, this was more like after a divorce type of stuff. Oh, yeah. One parent's trying to sign the kid out, but they're not the guardian. Yeah, of they the don't child. have custody. Yeah, it's that type of thing. Ah, oh. that happened a lot.
1: I mean, I always thought those were just
0: drills. I didn't think that was, like, actually someone doing it.
2: Oh, no. There were times where people actually trying to... It happened a few times where I live. And then people where
1: I live are a different type. All right. Cause... But seriously, removing preventative health care? Just icky poo, don't do that. I can't believe that's how I'm ending this episode.
2: (laughs) Let's end it with one more recommendation for you on a topic you should research. Okay. Trans right.
0: Yeah, that is definitely something that I'm going to research. It's been
2: coming up in the news recently.
0: Well, I mean, it's been coming up in the news a lot in the last couple of years, yeah. I haven't properly researched any of that yet or fully formed my opinion on it. So I'm going to have to do that in the next couple of months.
1: I'm working on it. Yeah. It's a good thing
2: to be working on.
1: Yep. Anyway, check the description
0: for more information, including the resources I used to build this episode, and all of the places where you can find my podcast. You can also join our Discord server to discuss these and other topics, as well as join in when these episodes are recorded live every Monday at 7pm Central. If you would like to support the show or spread the word, I have a merch store full of items that show off both the show's logo and icons for individual episodes. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of Bright Future. These episodes are released every Tuesday at 6pm Central, so I will see you back here next week.